Hey, baddies, welcome to Bad Witch Podcast, the podcast where we are going to get our witch shit together one spell at a time. Remember, like, the last episode two weeks ago where I totally forgot the intro? Because <laughs> I hadn't said it in such a long time because I just start running my mouth as soon as I press record. <laughs> but welcome, welcome new, welcome old, welcome returning, welcome recurring. We're so happy that you're here. Um, what's going on with all of you? Me? Well... <laughs> I didn't post it in the face, uh, yeah, the Facebook group, but if you follow me on Instagram uh, or if you watch my latest YouTube video, you definitely saw it. I have a burst blood vessel in my eye <laughs> because 2020 is the most, I don't, I don't know what the right word is. I don't want to say it's the worst year we've ever had because I do truly believe there have been worse years, but it's the most chaotic Maybe, I think chaos is the word that keeps coming to me. Uh, yeah, it's definitely the most chaotic year I feel like I've personally experienced because what the heck is going on? So yeah, I, um, I'm doing okay. I can obviously do the podcast and everything, but if you have seen my eye, if anyone really wants to see it, I'll post it because I kind of am one of those people when something, someone's like, oh, this gross thing happened. I'm like, oh, can I see <laughs> like weird curiosities? Um, I know that's shocking from someone that like literally puts crystals in their mouth. But if anybody really wants to see it, I will post it. But yeah, my whole right eye is just blown out and it is blood red all underneath my pupil. Sorry, uh, trigger warning. Sorry, I know people get really grossed out about eye stuff. Uh, but I had a really bad GERD episode. I'm actually going to get a digestion test tomorrow. So if everyone can light some candles for me, I would so appreciate it. Um, but yeah, I, I got really sick. And uh, from the force of being so sick, my eye decided to burst. So <laughs> that's where we are. That's what's going on with me. You, how's everyone? Have you been working on your vision boards? Hopefully you didn't have to do your binding homework because no one is giving you any grief or harm or pain or bad intentions or negativity right now. But if you did, I hope it went well for you. Uh, a binding spell is just always something good, like Good Witch 101. <laughs> good Witch. <laughs> Not Good Witch 101, Bad Witch 101. It's something just really good to have in your arsenal, have in your grimoire, have on hand, written down, because you never know. You know, people can flip on you, people can approach you with good intentions, and then it turns out they just wanted a little bit of your power, your magic, your light. So it's always something good to have. And it's always something good to have in order to recommend it to other people. Or if you're the kind of witch that provides services, if you uh, create spells for people, if you do rituals on people's behalves, if you uh, make tokens, if you carve candles, anything like that, it's, it's always something that you should be able to do for yourself and possibly for others because, you know, people rely on us for that kind of stuff. So yeah, I am still waiting to see those vision boards. Someone, oh gosh, who was it? I need to start writing names now, but someone posted like, is anyone still working on theirs? <laughs> I think a couple of people were like, yeah, I am. So you have time. I mean, it's, listen, with my, my literal eye, I can barely function and uh, have been eye dropped 17 times a day. So it's not like my vision is that great right now. So I have time to kind of work mine out. So you have time to still do yours. But if you feel comfortable sharing in the group, I would love to see what you've come up with. So this week, we are going to do short and sweet for real. I know I always say that. <laughs> it's usually a trick. But uh, I really just wanted to focus on our ancestors this week. I think I have proper... 
it's the eye one, the, the bleeding eyeball, but uh, I, <laughs> back to my ophthalmologist was like, look, you'll be fine. This will heal in a couple weeks by itself. But if your eye literally starts bleeding, then come back. I was like, all right, cool. I'll keep an eye out for it. But, um, you know, with my eye, I, I'm feeling a little spooky. And with August getting here, and even though it's still 110 degrees outside and there's little fire tornadoes because Leo season's being a little too literal for me right now, I'm feeling like it's time to start counting down to Salen. Don't you? <laughs> Is it too early to start? It's like the one bright light we're going to have in this year. No, that's not true. We have many bright lights to come this year. But, you know, Salen is, it's our favorite. Most of our favorites, probably not everyone. But I feel like with the eye and the, uh, there, I did feel a slight crispness, a little breeze around 7 p.m. last night. So I do feel like fall is coming. So I have really had my ancestors ancestors on the brain, you know, Salwin really is about connecting with your ancestors and those who have passed on and realizing how central they are to our practice and how much they are around us, even if it isn't everyday thought. And I really felt so compelled by this. And I, you know, I always feel like all of us are really aligned with each other and there's a lot of same wavelength all the time. And I, so my family is from Louisiana. We all know. And, uh, but my family is really from this very small little community called Rugal, which is, it doesn't matter where it is. <laughs> so I, I can tell you how to get there from where I am currently, but you're going to be like, that means nothing to me. But it's basically other side of the river. It's this tiny little community. It was like a little agricultural Creole community. Still, still spoke Creole French there. We still have a house there, all this stuff. So my family is from Rougon, and I don't know why. I haven't gone in probably three years, like the last time I brought my grandma out there because, oh, well, yeah, I, I haven't gone the last two years because we usually go for Toussaint, which is, you know, the day after All Saints. I mean, the day after Samhain, Halloween is All Saints Day, so we'd always go and bring flowers. And then we would go for my great-grandmother's birthday and bring flowers, which is September, and some other time. I can't remember. Obviously, I'm not very good at it. I'm not a very good descendant. <laughs> but something just hit me the other day where I was like, I'm just going to drive to Rugong because that's my quarantine routine. I get out, I drive around for an hour, I go park somewhere. And so I was like, I'm just going to go to Rugong. And I, I didn't know why I wanted to go. I didn't know where if I just wanted to go to this little that's not city. It's like the smallest little whip of a thing. Um, but I just wanted to go. And it kind of is like going back in time because once you cross out of the city limits, you go into the next parish and you cross out of those city limits, it's just sugarcane fields. That That's it. It's just like sugarcane fields that have been there forever as far as the eye can see. And there's like one elementary school and there is a post office that I kid you not is just in a trailer. That's how tiny it is. One door in, one door out trailer. And there are like our old houses that are still there. There's a couple of new developments of people that have moved in or have families there. And there's a graveyard where it's like the Catholic church graveyard where my family's buried. And I, yeah, it was like going back in time as soon as I cross into where it just turns into sugarcane. I was like, this is so eerie, but I don't know. I just feel like I wanted to be here for some reason. And my plan was just kind of to drive to Rugal and drive back. But then I was like, I'm going to find the cemetery. And I, I just kind of got obsessed with this idea of like, I'm going to go to the cemetery. I usually don't, I've never driven out there by myself before ever. Am I, how long have I had a driver's license? I don't know. I'm a hundred, but I've never <laughs> driven out there myself. 
And um, I just kind of knew. Even though I've been there one time in the past 10 years and I took them from Toussaint, I just knew how to get there. And I just knew, turn here, go there, you know. And I pulled up at the cemetery. I knew exactly the place to park. I walked over. I found the graves. Um, and it's it's definitely like my family, but it's like all of the Creole and black families that are from the Rougon area. And so it's like all names that I know. It's all distant cousins and relatives. And I don't, I feel like they wanted me to come there. I haven't really figured out why. It was also 100 degrees outside. I had on like a wrap because I wore my pajamas because I'm basic and I didn't want to put on clothes. And I, I just thought this was going to be like go to Rugal and back, not go see my family and my ancestors and talk to them and listen to the messages they have for me and like connect. It turned into this whole thing, but they were obviously calling me out there. But yeah, I'm not 100% sure why they wanted me to come. Like I tried to listen. I, you know, and I just, I'm kind of obsessed with cemeteries. I think they're so beautiful and there's a kind of quiet there that you can't achieve anywhere else in the world. And for me, who has like auditory issues where sound really bothers me and noise can really bother me, the peace of a cemetery is like my dream. It's so gorgeous and quiet and meditative and spiritual. And I I really enjoy being in them. In them. So I got out of the car, you know, it's just that, that kind of silence that only comes with the dead, literally. And I don't know what they wanted with me, but I know they wanted something and I know I'm going to go back, but I do feel like I'm at this place where my ancestors are really kind of tapping me on the shoulder and wanting to connect with me and wanting to be more present. On the flip side, I've also been having some complicated feelings. <laughs> we don't have to go into all this right now, but I have been having some complicated feelings about the idea of Christianity and especially westernized Christianity under the guise of white supremacy versus the traditional beliefs and practices, especially of people of Africa and of the Caribbean, obviously my lineage, and how it was stripped and how it was demonized and how it was turned into this ugly, negative, demonic, devilish thing it's really, it's really complicated. I don't know. I don't even know the feelings I'm having exactly. If anyone else is kind of on this wavelength too, let me know. But yeah, I've just been having a lot of feelings about getting back to my roots. And I don't know if they called me out there because they are wanting me to get back to my roots too. And not to say I'm just, I'm changing everything that I believe and everything I was raised with, but I do feel some kind of way recently and I don't know where it came from. I don't know, just about how so much has been taken away from people in their native beliefs and from the place that they're from and who they are intrinsically and that runs through our DNA and replaced with this one concept that has been really damaging in a lot of ways and isn't a system that isn't necessarily built to serve, but to strip and to hurt and to reserve prejudice and and to establish an order that only benefits a certain kind of person, if that makes sense. So yeah, um, I've been having a lot of, listen, on top of my gird and my eye exploding, I've been having a lot of internal thoughts and feelings and, uh, I don't know, just, just trying to get to the basis of who I am and the root of who I am, I think. Because the place that I'm in right now is that I really feel like something has been taken away from me and I want it back. You know, we've had this whole year of return uh, last year, and 
that's what I feel like I'm trying to do right now. I feel like I'm trying to return to myself, but not just to myself, but to like my ancestry. I feel like I'm trying to return to everything that was stripped and taken away. And I have to get it from my ancestors because they're the, they're, they are the ones that are the ones that can give me the answer. So I really have to listen to them. I really have to incorporate them in my practice more. I really have to be more present with them and, and understand that they can guide me and love me and support me in ways that I haven't experienced before. Like connecting with your ancestors is such an amazing, beautiful thing. And so, yeah, I, I want the things back that are taken away from me because it was taken away from them and it just wasn't able to continue. I mean, you know, a very literal example of this, stepping away from like spiritual beliefs and practices right now is that when my family lived in Rugon, they spoke Creole French. That's it. That is what they spoke. That is the language of my family. And I now do not speak it. So this is like 17, 1800s. Um, and I don't speak it now because when they opened up the schools and especially these Christian and Catholic schools that opened up, the students that were allowed to come and, oh, we're saving you. And now you have education and education is everything. It is so important to have education. But, uh, you know, we're, we're the white saviors and we're here and we're going to tell you about this one thing and this is going to save you uneducated people and you ignorant people. They had to assimilate to that and they had to not speak French anymore. They had to speak English. And so the children were taught, you have to speak English. There is punishment. You will be reprimanded. You will be, you know, abused if you don't speak English. And so... Then it became everyone has to speak English. The household has to speak English because we have to assimilate. We have to keep up. We have to be able to provide for our family. And then you trickle down. So the last person I know that spoke it fluently was my great-grandfather uh, on my mom's side. My grandma speaks sort of a little bit. She understands it a lot better than she can speak it. My mom knows about 10 words, and I know those 10 words. And so it's just this trickle down of oppression and I want my language back. I want I want my beliefs back. I want my practice back. I, I just don't know how I could be. I'm frustrated because I feel like I could really be this full-fledged person that I'm not right now. And I'm becoming aware of it in quarantine if all of those things weren't taken away from my family. And it's not my family. It's all of us have gone through that. You know, all of us that have any lineage that doesn't fit this exact mold of what has been forced on us. So yeah, I've been dealing with a lot of questions, looking for some answers. I think I think my ancestors understand that I'm in this process of asking for answers and that's why they told me to come to the graveyard. That's why I'm gonna go back soon. Uh yeah, but it's all about connecting and we're going into this fall season, this quiet, this darkness, this this festival of Selwyn where it is about those who have passed on and honoring them and loving them and connecting with them and the veil thinning out and, and those lessons that we can gain from them in that time. So long, long story to get to what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about ways that we can connect with our ancestors, because I really do think that in ancestral practice, especially going into the season that we're approaching is really important. If it's something that you're interested in, of course, you never have to do anything from this podcast that doesn't fit your practice, your personality, your interests, what you feel naturally called to. Um, but you know, we come from a long especially as hereditary 
that it's like down to our bones and like the stardust in our systems. We come from a long line of this and there is just stuff, even if it's not the, the result of oppression, there is stuff that is just stripped from us along the way. And there's things that are lost. That's just how, you know, passing on things person to person, human to human, writing things down, things getting lost. It just happens. So I think it is really important that we connect. So that is what we're going to focus on today. And it's still going to be a short and sweet episode, even though I've almost talked for 20 minutes. <laughs> Right, let's do our Patreon shout outs real quick and then we get into it. Oh, also, thank you so much to everyone that uh, subscribed to my YouTube channel. I'm so excited about it. I'm just, I guess, trying to do a media empire by myself. I don't know, but <laughs> Instagram, podcast, YouTube. I, I love all of it, and I'm so excited about this YouTube thing. It's so much fun. So uh, my latest thing is I put up a French onion soup recipe. Kitchen Witches, what's up? I tried to put a little love and magic into it. <laughs> so Mickey in the kitchen. Um, if you want to subscribe, it is youtube.com slash childmakey. You can just search childmakey, but yeah, I'll put the link if anyone else wants to come join. And I would love some witchy topics that you would like to see videos on. It's, it's hard for me to come up with them because I've done so many episodes of this podcast that I'm like, well, I don't really want to backtrack and like do things I've already covered and that you've already seen me do or heard me do. Um, but then I'm like, maybe people would like that. It'd be beneficial to have a visual aid. So yeah, let me know. Also, I'm still going through, I have so many emails right now uh, from people doing pitches and people just signing up for Patreon and people um, just reaching out because they just found the podcast or having specific questions. So I promise I will get to all of them. I have to sit for my digestion test for about four or five hours because they have to take pictures of my innards. I don't know. Sorry, that was gross. Um, so I'll have plenty of time to sit that day and I will catch up with all of you, I promise. Uh, okay, so let's do our Patreon shout outs. We have two new patrons. Thank you so much to Michelle and Catherine for signing up. I oh, just mean so much. Y'all are so sweet. And as always, a very special thank you to Brittany, Celine, Jamie, Kristen, Evan, Lauren, Stephanie, Brie, Cassandra. Cassandra or Cassandra? Let me know. It's with a I, I shouldn't say how to spell your name. I'm, I'm going to let you have some privacy. Sorry. <laughs> Adam, Kelly, Kimberly, Sarah, Carly, Emily, Nolling, Heidi, Garrisu, Ashley, Lena, Brittany, Kasha, Fiona, Aiden, Brandy, Lily, Allison, Tabby, Teresa, Jennifer, Kim, Gina, Sarah, Teresa S., Vanessa, Jen, Sasha, Megan, Elizabeth, Carla, Shannon, Amanda, Maria, and Brett. Is that everybody? <gasps> yes, I think so. Okay. Um, Wait. Is that everybody? Okay, yes. I still barely know how Patreon works, even though I've been on it for like a year and a half. Um, thank you so much, though. You know, that means everything to me, especially in this like very crazy time where we have to save the post office and there's just a lot going on. In fact, I think I might take all of the donations from this month and try to find the best course of action to work with the post office. So if anyone wants to join me in that or if anyone has like a direct line of where... Uh, is the best place to put that money. Please let me know. Did I say we were going to do a thread of donations in the last episode? I can't remember. If I did, um, if I forget again after this episode, can someone please start it? Uh, Evan or Heidi or Brie, can one of you start it? And we can just drop links and people can donate where they feel most called if they want to. Because um, I don't know. Should I just buy all the stamps that I can? Should I just send a bunch of, I don't know what the correct course of action is, but I know that we desperately need the United States Postal Service, especially because I don't want certain people to rig an election that they have no business winning and should not have won, but stole the first time. And that's that on that. Okay. So going back to our ancestors, I actually,
actually found this really amazing article. So that's what I'm going to share with y'all today. Um, about it's just 10 ways to connect with your ancestors. And it's from the witches because it's not something that I am that well versed in, to be honest. I know it's stuff that we've kind of talked about here and there, like, Oh, you can, you know, have a shrine to one of your ancestors in the way that you can have a shrine to a deity or you can have a shrine to, um, a certain, an angel of spirit, you know, anything that's kind of like a spiritual guide for you. And I know we've talked about like, Oh, in my dreams, that's where my, my grandpa comes to me a lot. That's where different people have shown up that I don't immediately recognize, but I know that that is, I know that's who they are because I feel that kind of familial connection to them. But as a witch, I am not that well-versed in all these specific ways that you can connect with your ancestors. And I, again, this is just kind of a new thing. That was the first time ever in my life. I've had my driver's license for like 20 years. I'm so old. Uh (laughs) That I've ever just gone there by myself. Why haven't I ever just gone and visited my family before? I don't know. It's this very new thing for me. So, um, yeah, I wanted to just share this this week and read you this gorgeous list because I'm obsessed with all of these ideas and I can't wait to implement them in my practice in my life as well. And it does kind of hit on like, you know, things that we've talked about in passing, but it gives you a more fleshed out version of it. So this is from thewitchesguide.com, 10 ways to connect with your ancestors. And I'll just read the full thing. You know how great I am at reading. So everyone buckle up. Honoring your ancestors. Falling leaves, pumpkin pie, and an entire month dedicated to honoring your ancestors. Samhain is almost here. Which, hey, almost. Uh, Also known as the Witch's New Year, Samhain is the third harvest festival and is the pagan Sabbath, 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 still don't know, for celebrating those who have passed on before us. Sabbath. That's why I always get confused with it. Because in Catholicism, we say Sabbath. Work with me, y'all. I'm trying. Uh, each year, Samhain marks a time when the veil to the other side is thin and we're able to communicate easier with the deceased. It's a time to connect deeply with our roots and to remember our ancestors. Samhain is the time to honor the witch within our bloodlines. Uh, that's also, I know we talked about this in the Samhain episode, but also it was like our Salem witch full episode, which was so long and comprehensive. But one of my very, very favorite practices for Samhain is putting your candles in the window so you can guide the spirits, you know, and they, they can have the light to walk by or float by or appear by. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how they get down the road, but I, I love that so much. And like the warmth of that and like the, the concept of guiding each other. I don't know. That's one of my favorite Samhain traditions. And we'll definitely circle back to Samhain traditions when it actually gets here. Okay. So number one, create an altar, an ancestor altar and or shrine. An ancestor altar is a place to join forces with your special loved one and to work together in spellcrafting, divination, shadow workings, past life explorations, and anything else to help you reach your goals. It's always nice to have a support system in your spiritual practice and what better people to connect with than your ancestors. Having a shared space with your ancestors helps them to feel welcome to offer guidance and assistance if needed. I think that's so important because like I said, they're always there. Like I feel them around all the time. But I never, I guess, acknowledge them back. And that's so important. So like me, I'm, I know I keep saying the same thing, but like me going to the graveyard was kind of, I guess, my way of accepting that I wanted their presence as much as they have wanted to be present. I don't, I, I feel like it was just this bonding thing. I'm still trying to figure it out. But I think that is important. 
Um, an ancestor shrine, although similar to an ancestor altar, is different within various traditions and cultures. The shrine is a dedicated area within the home, usually set up all year round, and is a place <clears throat> and is a place to honor loved ones through prayers and offerings. Ancestor shrines are meant to be treated as sacred places for worship and prayer to honor those of our bloodlines. Whether you choose to have an ancestor altar or a shrine, having a special place for you and your ancestors to meet will help you open the lines of communication. So we talked about that in the camera with episodes called where we talked all about altars and shrines and religion again. Um, but yeah, an altar is like about active practice and a shrine is more about honor, reverence, um, you know, just like a dedicated space for, for this person, this thing, this collection of people. So, you know, I, I, I would save, I would save my work for my altar as but it's like you can't go to the shrine and you can pray and you can talk and you can't it's just um I would do more like dedicated work at an altar versus a shrine where it's more about communication and connection and honoring. Two, visit the graves of your ancestors. <laughs> Here we go. If you have a loved one buried in a cemetery, take some time to visit their gravesite. When you go for a visit, you may wish to bring some offerings for them. That's the, something I messed up too and why I really want to go back is because it was such a compulsive, almost gnawing call that I was having to go to them that I didn't pick up anything to bring. I didn't have flowers. I didn't have incense. I didn't have uh, like it, nothing, statuary, nothing. Cause I just was like, I just have to get there. They, I just want to be here. I just want the comfort of this. So I do want to go back cause I want to honor them properly. Not that I feel like you have to win over your ancestors or you have to, you know, Oh, I give you this and you give me that. Like you have to bargain with them. That's what I'm looking for. But that it, it is honoring. It's reverence. It's that you wouldn't exist without these people and that, they are gone and they don't want to be forgotten. And I think that's another reason they are, they can be pretty persistent, you know, because they don't want you, they don't want to be forgotten. They don't want you to forget yourself too. So I, I didn't grab anything. So I was like, I have to go right now. Okay. Uh, where were we? Oh, think about items your loved ones may have liked when they were alive. Maybe you could play a song on yourself for them, bring their favorite Chocolate candy sounds so cute. Maybe some fresh aromatic flowers or a cigar. Everyone loves gifts. Everyone loves gifts, including spirits. With permission and blessings, you may like to collect some of the dirt from the gravesite to use in your silent ritual. Three, host a family gathering to honor your loved one's memories. It's always nice to cook for others. Invite your ancestors to dine and craft up a special meal just for them. You could even go as far as having a dump. A dumb supper where you eat the meal in complete silence, leaving a place for them at the table with their favorite foods. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, gathering with family, reminiscing about your special loved ones and cooking their favorite dishes is a perfect way to connect with the, their spirits. Uh, be sure and offer them everything you cook to help them remember those moments of warm, wow, warm pumpkin pie, delicious chai tea with family, good laughs and memories. I, I love that idea. Um, especially like my family, we were so about holiday meals together and so about always spending major I mean I, until my generation grew up and started having spouses and children of their own we spent every single holiday together like 50 people <laughs> you know so that was really important to us and I, I like that idea of still I mean we, we would always pray for those that have passed and those that are still present over our meals but I love that idea of like not just saying like, oh, those that have passed on, but to welcome them and to set a place for them maybe, or just to leave out their favorite, like my, 
some of my family members, they would love a good brandy, <laughs> a good whiskey. <laughs> they would love, you know, a good, a good warm mule, mold, mold, mule, mold. There we go. Uh, wine. That probably still wasn't it. But yeah, just to leave out a drink for them or something just so they are still part of it. Like, it's so important to remember. I don't know. I'm just really stuck on like remembering. It's so important to remember these things. So yeah, I love that. Uh, four, reminisce with old photo albums of your family. Uh, spend time at your ancestor altar or ancestor shrine, drinking a cup of warm tea, lighting some scented candles, and flipping through an old photo album you may have. This is a relaxing way to reminisce about the days when they were alive. Talk to your ancestors as you flip through the photos, uh, telling them what you remember, what you enjoyed about them. Love this too. And also, I think it's really important to do that with your ancestors that you never got to know. Uh, like some of my mom's favorite people. So I talk about my mom's family a lot in this way because my dad's family, I don't know them, honestly. Uh, my dad's mom passed away when she was 19, I believe, 19 or 21. She was very, very young. And my dad's father drowned. I'm not sure how old he was when that happened, but it was, I mean, my dad's almost 80. So it was definitely before I was around. And um, they were never married. And so I don't know them. My dad was raised by his grandmother. She died in the 70s, I believe. Uh, I So I never knew her. My dad has an older brother who I haven't seen since childhood. Uh, and he has a half-sister that I haven't seen since I was little. Because, I mean, my dad and my mom have definitely done a better job of keeping in touch with them. But I really – there's so much – I've talked about this before. But there's kind of a lot of, like, mystery and – unanswered questions around a lot of my dad's side of the family and just things we don't know necessarily. And for my mom's family, that's who I grew up with. So that's who I feel more connected with. So it would be a good chance for me because I don't know. And I grew up in Louisiana. So like we're all here <laughs> and we're so Louisiana, you know, but it would be a good chance for me to connect with them. And cause we do have pictures of my dad's dad and my dad's grandmother and my dad's mom. And I look, I look so much like my dad's mom um, that I can talk to them because it could also be that they are like, girl, we want to talk to you. Like, it's so important that you acknowledge us too. And we have so much to tell you because my dad's whole side of the family is black and Seminole Indian. And I'm like, what am I missing from that Seminole Indian side? <laughs> Cause my mom's family is black as well, you know? So I'm like, what am I missing from that Seminole Indian side that I am so desperate to know about? Because there's just so much erasure of that culture anyway. And I, I I'm not going to go into the whole thing. About. <laughs> we don't have time but there's so much there that I I feel robbed of because I just don't know because there is so much tragedy on that side of my family and so I do want to sit with their pictures and I want to get to know them the best that I can and at least I can put a face to a name but going back to my mom's family too like some of her favorite relatives I never got to meet like my my great-grandfather my great-aunt auntie she's like my mom's favorite person in the world uh and also I didn't get to know a lot of people young I didn't get to know what my great grandmother was like when she was a little girl. She, I mean, she passed away when she was 102 and I was eight. So I just remember her being literally 90 and 100 years old. So I want to sit with her when she was younger. I want to see what of myself I see there. I want to, I don't know. I just want to know beyond that and past that. So it is good to look at people that are current friends and family and people that have maybe just passed on in the past five, 10 years, people that you have beautiful memories with. But I also think it's really important to look past that 
and look towards, uh, you know, great, great grandparents, people that you never met because they were taken away too soon or you were too young and see what they have for you. I mean, when I talk about ancestral connection, I want to go beyond people that I can even name. I want to trace that line up and see what's there because it all culminates here. Literally, because I'm not going to have kids. So it all, this is it. <laughs> it all culminates right here. So yeah, I, I think that's really important. So don't just sit with the pictures of those that you remember. Definitely do that because it's such a beautiful thing to reconnect with those people. And for me, like I have one of my grandpa's cardigans. I mean, I remember my grandpa extremely well, but I have one of his cardigans. So I'll just wear it, you know, when it starts to get cold outside. And um, I have my great grandmother's wedding bands. So I'll, I'll wear it sometimes. It's, it's just really nice to have that connection. But I want to go way past that. I want to look at people from the 1700s and the 1600s and try to get to know their story because I know there's parts of my story that will make more sense if I know their story better. So yes, get those pictures. Get those dusty photo albums. <sighs> Blow them off. <laughs> we even have like paintings in my family because we Catholics keep everything. So we have paintings that, you know, before photographs that we have up in our house where I'm like, Oh, that's my like grandpa. i That's my grandma. I'll, i Um, that's grandma Lavier. Like that's, I can name all of these people going back and back and back and go to these tombs, thankfully. So yeah, I'm going to just sit with these portraits and be like, what you got for me? <laughs> Number five craft together. What types of interests did your ancestors have? Ask yourself this question to include some of their interests an ritual dedicated just for them. A simple crafting ritual could be one where you are sitting at your altar surrounded by candlelight, incense burning, doing something they would have loved to do. Maybe it's crocheting, playing the piano, or smoking a pipe. Honor them in ritual by experiencing these activities together and helping them to connect with you. Those who craft together, stay together. Oh, I love that. Like, that's, for me, that would be knitting. Um, my grandma taught me to knit. She is from, like, we're, we're crafty people. Um, well, not my mom. She can't knit. Sorry, Mama Donna, but we're crazy people. So that will always be my connection with her and always a way I can like, she's still with us. Thankfully, you know, I told you she just turned 93, but when she is gone, that's a way that I can always feel kindred to her because she's the one that taught me how to do that. So yeah, a craft that's, oh, that's so gorgeous. You never know when they're going to kind of like try to join in or inspire you to go a certain way with that. Number six, this is my favorite one. Create an ancestor tea blend. Choose herbs, roots, and botanicals to botanicals. I don't know why I just said botanicals. That's not a word to create an herbal tea blend your ancestor would enjoy. If you're not sure what herbs your ancestors would have liked, ask them out loud. Sit with your thoughts for a few minutes and see if any herbs come to mind. Also good to not just let it come to a blank mind, but to a blank piece of paper. You can sit and kind of just, uh, uh, write out any of those keywords that come to you. So then you can have it like something to add to your grimoire again, something to have in your personal connection. So you can go back to this ritual over and over. Uh, or you can assign it per if you're trying to connect to a specific ancestor, you know, for great grandma, she like this for great uncle. So and so he like this, it's a great thing to do to keep track of them and to know them better. Did your ancestor have a certain flavor of tea they loved? Use your intuitive guidance to help you create an herbal tea to drink only when you're wanting to call on your ancestors. Aromas and flavors always have a way of bringing memories to the surface. That's so true. Like scent is the strongest thing for bringing up memories. And I feel like you maybe would not even have to call them, but it might just even be like a trigger memory. Like with my great grandma, I always remember butterscotch about her because she always wanted butterscotch candy. Always. And uh, also <laughs> great aunt who 
without fail, would home make fruitcakes every Christmas, which I don't know who that's for. No one likes fruitcake, but like I always associate that smell and that texture with her. So it, there are like these little things that you might not even have to ask. You might, already, you might already have that memory and you just have to kind of drum it up for yourself. Seven, this is also gorgeous. Write letters to your ancestors. Spend some time writing a letter to your ancestors. This practice can be easily open. This practice can easily open the door to communication and to practices such as automatic writing. When you start to write this letter, pay attention to how your hand flows and if your thoughts become more like someone speaking to you. It's not uncommon for spirits to communicate this way. Journaling can have profound effect and can open many doors of communication. And I do also always wonder if that is why there is that special kind of silence in cemeteries, just impenetrable. I'm going to say this, this is weird. I'm, I know I always say weird things, but that kind of silence is, I call it like blue. It's like the color, if the color blue was a sound, it would sound like that kind of silence. Does that make sense? <laughs> I saw this thing on Twitter that it, it was like Thursdays, October and 8 p.m. all have the same energy. I would like to disagree with that. I believe that Thursdays, October, 10 p.m. and the color purple all have the exact same energy. But that kind of quiet, like it invokes the color blue for me. Like I, I just feel like blue is like this impenetrable cloaking silence that is cold, but also welcoming in a way. It's really, I don't know. It's really hard to explain. Some of you are like, yeah, I totally understand what you mean. I think that cemetery silence is blue too. And some of you are like, what? But I do wonder if that silence, it, I guess it's like, I see it as like the color blue, kind of a fog and it floats above the ground. And that is what collects any sound that could come in. And that's why it has that really special kind of quiet. But I wonder if the quiet is like that because there is so much that needs to be heard there. And we have to have that true silence to invoke and process and understand those messages. Just a thought. <laughs> Probably not the weirdest one I've had out loud on this podcast. <laughs> okay. Eight, research your family lineage. This is so great. Nowadays, there are so many ways to research your family's ancestry line, drawing us closer to our family history. Taking the time to follow your family lineage is a way to open communication with not only ancestors you are familiar with, but to those who didn't who those you didn't even know existed. The more we know about our past, the more insight we can gain about our future. Yeah, that's what this is all about. It's that we have to know who those people were, what they were like, what they believed in, what they practiced, what they want to pass on to us, what they didn't have time to tell the next generation, and then it was lost by the third generation. So yeah, if you can trace your tree, I think that's a great project for quarantine. We're very lucky in my family that we have the family Bible, and it has every single name ever. But again, with my dad, like there's definitely a point where it just, we stop and it's not that far back. And pre-pandemic, we had this plan that we were going to go to Florida, which I wouldn't dare do now and probably for a few years to come, where we were going to drive up into Georgia because we think that my dad's mother's family is originally from this county in Georgia, right above the Florida, the state, Florida state line. So we're going to go look at the records and old census records and all those things, but obviously we've had to put that on hold. So I do have that project to do myself for my dad's side of the family. But I think that's, I, I just think it's so important to know where you come from. And again, that's the thing with specifically my people, with black people, like we can only go so far. 
because again, we've, we've had it all taken away. Like we can't, we, most of us can't even name like where specifically our family originates from because it was, we weren't treated as humans and nothing was preserved for us. We were just, we were just property and stolen and brought here and terrorized and abused and systemic racism that has tr flowed and trickled down to this day. But let me not start on all that. But I think it is important to take it back as far as you can. And I do really love the concept of those ancestry tests, like DNA tests. Although I've never done one. And I am so curious to do it, especially with like kind of the holes on my dad's side. Uh, and, you know, a bit on my mom's side too, because <laughs> again, uh, you know, a legacy of slavery. But I don't want to give my DNA to a company. I'm, I'm really kind of hesitant about that. Uh, I don't know if... And also I've heard that if you send them to do so, two separate places, you'll get like two separate results. So I don't even know how necessarily accurate that is. But anyway, that's a conversation for another podcast. <laughs> Nine, dream with your ancestors. As a way to enter, so this is the primary way that I don't even consciously do it, but subconsciously it happens with me. As a way to enter our subconscious gently, our ancestors will visit us in our dreams. This is a way for them to communicate with us when our minds are less distracted and more receptive. And it's also because we have less fear. It is so much more pleasing to come to us to, in our sleep than us to wake up at three o'clock in the morning, look over to our left from the bed and hi, there's your great grandfather standing there. You know? Especially again, if it's someone that you've never met and you haven't seen pictures of and all of a sudden you're like, could you please just scoot from my bed? I don't know if I love this. Yeah, dreams. I prefer dreams. I ask specifically if you want to visit, come in my dreams. Connect with your ancestors by making a dream pillow and include a usual, the usual items like herbs such as lavender and chamomile and crystals for, such as amethyst and selenite and also add something to connect your energy with theirs. So um, like the gold wedding band I was talking about would be great, a pair of earrings, something, you know, small that isn't going to princess in the PU and you're going to be uh, uncomfortable at night because you can feel it. But uh, yeah, you can just make a little sachet. And we talked about this in, oh my gosh, it was an episode so long ago. I can't remember. Maybe the ritual episode could have been like the fourth or fifth one. But yeah, you can just make a little sachet and put it underneath your pillow. And uh, it is a good way to connect. And also if you have insomnia or you tend to have night terrors like I do, the lavender does kind of really calm you down as is the amethyst. Photographs of your loved ones are helpful to add to your dream pillow or an item that belongs in the, belong to them if you have it. Items they touch regularly when they were still alive still hold their energy and can help to form a connection. You can use things like jewelry, movie stubs, keys, a favorite flower, oils with their favorite scent, hair clips, uh, business cards, clothing, etc. Get creative. Perfumes always a good thing if you're not allergic. Um, yeah, keys is such a good one. A favorite pen. Uh, like my mom is obsessed with this very specific kind of pen and uh, Suge will always get them and chew them because she's a terrible dog. <laughs> but that's like something I can, I will always, so like think of like free association. What do you associate with that person? Or what are you told was that person's favorite thing? Like to this day, because my dad smoked um, forever. Like he just gave it up about five or six years ago, but he smoked when he was like 12 until 72, I guess, which is insane. Um, but every so often, I will still get a whiff of cigarettes in the house. So I don't know if that's like a lingering connection to him or if it's something present from someone else. Because I don't know who smoked going too far back. Um, but yeah, even like a pack of cigarettes or a single cigarette, if they're around, would be a good way to connect. Because that's a lot of people's like very particular advice that they take to the grave with them. Not in a morbid way, like not that it, it 
you know, was the thing that caused them to pass away. But I mean, that's some habit that some people will, they're like, no, I'm not, I'll give up everything else. I'm not giving up my cigarettes, you know? So yeah, it's, it's very, that scent memory again, it's so strong and I'll just get it sometimes. Um, and then I'll kind of just waft away like a memory. If they don't have anything they've touched, choose items that they like. This dream pillow will help you to interpret their message more clearly. Be sure and have a journal nearby to write down the details from your dreams. Yes, we have a whole episode about that too. Um, anybody still keeping their dream journal? What's up with that? Should we circle back to that homework? <laughs> Quarantine dreams are probably a good time to look into it too. Okay, 10. Dedicate a crystal to your ancestors. Choose a crystal, one you intend to only use for connecting with your ancestors. This crystal can be programmed to link you to your bloodline, either during ritual, meditation, or carrying with you in times of need. Hold in the palm of your hand when you are wanting to call upon your loved one and focus on their presence. Crystals such as selenite, black obsidian, sodalite, and lapis lazuli, the best crystal to ever say out loud, are especially helpful for connecting with the other side and for opening the door to communication. You know what also would be good? Um, their birthstone. Because it is, like, that personal connection to them. So, if, like, for me, March would be aquamarine. For my mom, May would be emerald. For April would be diamond. Because I will never stop being jealous of that. <laughs> I gotta let it go at some point. But, yeah, you can designate one of these amazing crystals they just named. But you can also pick their, um, their birthstone or their favorite gemstone or just anything that, you know, resonated with them. Like, if they had a specific color that they love, like... I kind of aspire, once since I dyed my hair yellow, I kind of aspire to be one of those old ladies that has their entire, like, life one color. And so I think that's going to be yellow for me because I just, I feel like that's my aura. I feel like yellow is my, my go-to, yellow and gold. And so, yeah, I would want someone to pick citrine for me because that's probably, if I had to be hard-pressed, would I say citrine is my favorite crystal? I think I would. And, yeah, so it doesn't have to necessarily be aquamarine it doesn't have to be a, a, a selenite it's just something that you know would really connect with that person and represents them it's about like the representation of it and then we have an extra tip visualize and repeat although it may seem silly at first just simply visualizing your ancestors but with all forms of magic this visualization wow that's a hard word is huge try to imagine your loved one sitting next to you talking with you drinking a cup of coffee, or perhaps playing with a deck of cards. Once you're able to visualize them clearly in your mind, visualize them actively engaging with you. Practice this exercise each night before going to bed. The repetition of this practice can create energy shifts where the veil is lifted for brief moments and you're able to experience your ancestors' presence on a regular basis. That's beautiful. Um, especially if it's something that you two would have done together. Uh, like, for, again, my grandma, I know when she passes on, it'll be knitting or it'll be her doing my hair. Because when I was a little girl, she used to get this wooden dowel and would wrap my hair around it and give me like these two perfect pigtail curls. I remember her doing that with all the girls. And so, yeah, that's a moment I feel like I can open up with her. And with my great grandma Eunice, uh, her mother, it would be praying the rosary. That's what we did together. She taught me how to do that because, you know, just, who they just love that rosary and that's Catholic prayer. And, you know, in fact, my, uh, our next, so the way my grandma's house is built, it was like these five Creole families together, 
basically bought this whole tract of land because that's the way that they could do it and protect themselves and be owners of land as black people in South Louisiana in the time period. And um, they all just built each other's houses with free labor. Like, I'll build your house. We're going to build my house. It was just such a community effort. It, it was so beautiful. It's so beautiful. I, I love that. I'm so proud of that. Um, and so our next door neighbor and our neighbor on the other side, our neighbor, on the, like, they're all <laughs> cousins and relatives that all did this together. And so I just grew up running in and out of all these houses. And so the house right next door uh, is my grandma's third cousin, I think second I actually, let me not start guessing who, what relation, but, um, their mother who would have been some kind of grant, great aunt to me somewhere around the lines, she taught me how to say the our father, our, our father or the Hail Mary. Oh my gosh. I can't remember which one I think it was the off our father. And so I would go over with her and she'd always be laying in the bed and she would have me, it was a Hail Mary. She would have me do the prayer with her. Every time I go visit, she was just the sweetest lady. Her name was Tonsi. Well, that wasn't her name, but we all called her Tonsi. And uh, I just remember she'd always say, that's my best prayer. And she would always do it with me. And so if I wanted to think about her and and connect with her, I would just think about just being next to her, always laying in bed in like her little nightgown. She was so tiny because she was just a little old lady. So cute. And I would stand with her and I would, you know, kind of just be hovering over her and we would say the prayer together. And so, yeah, that's a memory I can drive to open up that connection. So yeah, with people that you are lucky enough to have had memories with that have passed on, that's a great way to do it. But you can also imagine scenarios that you would like to experience with them if they would have been around or if they still were around. So yeah, that is just 10 ways that we can connect with our ancestors. Um, I will go back to the dream thing uh, again for a second and say if that really is the way that you would feel the most comfortable with them approaching you, you don't want any like knocks on the window at night, you don't want anyone walking past you in the hallway. You know, I'm a scaredy cat, so I don't want any of that. It is good to say it with your conscious mind, but it also is good to speak it out loud and say that, you know, something along the lines of like you, and I would specifically name the person, are welcome to visit me. You are welcome to connect with me. Please visit me in my dreams tonight. No other, yeah, yeah, yeah. No other spirit, no other entity, no other person is welcome. Make sure that you open the invitation to that person and that you don't extend it to anyone else because, you know, in our sleep, we are in a more vulnerable state and that can be very attractive. Um, in that case, if you are going to do the sleep pillow or the sleep uh, sachet, I would definitely put in some uh, black tourmaline or some black obsidian just to always protect yourself from any kind of lurking or attack that I think that's just really important to do at all times. And I always like to involve uh, Archangel Michael and just say, yo, you just be present and make sure that the only, the only people that are coming through or the only person that's coming through is the person that I am asking and I'm allowing and no one else has my permission to enter this state with me. So just be careful with that, but it definitely is something you can say out loud and affirm. You know, I, I'm going to talk about this when I do the karmic love, cosmic love. Wait, no. That's a Florence and the Machine song. Karmic Love, Twin Flame, and Soulmate episode, which will probably be the next one I do. But I I might try to feed in a guest episode in between there. Um, I have to go through those emails. Working on it. Um, but the psychic that I talked to, I think I told you about that, right? I did the psychic campaign for work. And the one that I talked to, she was lovely. And she told me that I really needed to get into the practice of saying exactly what I want before bed. 
And I've been, of course, slacking about it, not doing it at all. But I think that's something we should all get into together. And that's not just about connecting with your ancestors and getting ready for your dreams or getting ready for sleep, but just that we're all focusing on, that's going to be probably part of your homework. I mean, part of your homework is I'm going to be obviously connecting with your ancestors in some way from this list, if that's what you're interested in. But I want all of us to get into the habit of like projecting out loud at night before we enter this very wonderful magical state that we go to when we sleep um of saying what we want and manifesting what we want it's such a good active time to do that so i'm gonna try to do that more and she said to me to do it specifically about my love life because that was like the nature of the conversation so i am really going to start doing it and again be as specific as you can do not ask for it's like genie in the bottle you get the three wishes they all go backwards because you don't say it specifically enough and then the last which is like put everything back to right no we're gonna use all our wishes to get <laughs> so be as specific as possible do it right before bed right before your body goes into that state and speak it aloud go for it you know you you deserve good and you deserve to see what you want come to fruition. So it doesn't just have to be about the calling to your ancestors thing to come and visit you. But I, I just want us all to get into the practice of speaking out loud what we want before we're entering dreamlands. So that is it for this week. Um, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I hope that you are on that same wavelength with me and you've been getting kind of curious about the ancestor thing. So this maybe answers some questions or opened up that thought process for you because I know that each day that passes, and I guess the countdown is that one, I've been getting more and more and more obsessive about it. <laughs> it's just, I can't, I think about it all the time, and I think about them all the time. And I know there's some kind of 2020 connection to it. Who knows exactly what? It, it's all to be revealed, isn't it, honestly? Um, but yeah, I, I hope that you, you do want to connect with your ancestors because there's just so much there. We like, we know nothing and they, they have so much to offer us and give us and so many things that we wish we had answers for are already there. We just have to listen to them. So yeah, that is our episode for this week. Oh my gosh. I almost forgot. We have a giveaway. <laughs> so I should have started with this. Um, so my beautiful, talented, lovely, amazing friend, Jess, she has a company that she started called Sagittarius Rise, and it is resin art. And she makes the most beautiful pieces with pressed flowers and butterflies and, um, and just like different plants and bones. And it's so beautiful. She has um, coasters, jewelry boxes, rolling trays. Uh, oh, gosh. There's this like um, paperweight thing that I was so obsessed with. But I was like, if I buy one more thing, I'm going to lose my <laughs> can't keep acting like this. We're in a pandemic. But um, she makes this really beautiful stuff. And so she sent me this picture. She surprised me. And she made this wall hanging that is like a rectangle uh, resin piece that has pressed flowers and this beautiful butterfly in the bottom. It says Bad Witch. And it's on this macrame handle. And it's so gorgeous. She, I'm obsessed with her. I love her so much. She's so talented. I'm so proud of her. So yeah, we're going to give it away because um, I already bought 1,200 pieces for her because I'm obsessed. And I just thought it'd be something really nice. We've never done a giveaway before. And I want to be able to give back to y'all. So um, <clears throat> I think what we agreed on is that, and I'm going to post the actual pictures in the Facebook group and all the instructions in the Facebook group. But uh, if you want to be entered to possibly win this beautiful piece, you will uh, follow her on Instagram, like the picture, and then tag two friends, I think is what we said. But I'll kind of confer with her, make sure I'm saying everything right, because you know me, 
you know, uh, but I will uh, definitely put the full rules in the Facebook group. And if you're not in the Facebook group, I will um, leave the link to her Instagram in the episode notes. And I will also put, um, I'll put the rules to enter there. So then you don't, you can't be like Mickey. I mean, not can be, but you don't have to be like Mickey. I'm not in the Facebook group. I don't have Facebook. Trust me. No one should have Facebook. Mark Zuckerberg is, I'm not going to start. I'm not going to start talking about billionaires right now. <laughs> it's not time. Um, but yeah, I'll put the rules to enter there and I'll put it in the Facebook group so everyone has a chance and we'll probably run it for two weeks until the next episode. And it's so beautiful. So I can't wait to see who wins. Okay, so that is it for this week. I'm so glad I remembered that. <laughs> it's like, I know I'm forgetting something. Like I was, that's why I was talking a little slowly because I was like, what the hell are you forgetting, Mickey? <laughs> so yeah, as always, we have merch at teespring.com. Uh, slash bad dash wish, witch dash two. Patreon.com slash bad witch, the bad, the bad witch podcast at gmail.com. Facebook group, the answer is the craft. YouTube is child Mickey if you want to start following me there. And that is it. And I love you all so much. And you all deserve good and connect with your ancestors because they have so many answers for us. And we're starting our Samhain countdown. So let's get excited. Okay, my eye literally is starting to hurt because I think I'm straining myself too much talking. <laughs> so it's time to wind it down. I love you all. Blessed be. And until next time, goodbye.